LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every single week. We've got Craig Tucker on. And you're going to be hearing from him about scaling growth barriers in your church, whether it's a church plant or an established church that's growing through barriers. Craig ran a seminar at the recent Learning Labs for the Reach Australia Conference. The One Thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We've got over 10 years of experience helping over 100 churches across Australia help launch our hope, our vision, is to see churches evangelise into existence across Australia because we want to reach Australia for Jesus. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, Church Growth Barriers. Growing a church isn't like doing a chicken curry. Cathy and I, I have a great chicken curry recipe when there's two of us. And when we have 20 people over, all I have to do is multiply the ingredients by 10 and just put it all in the pot and it tastes great. You just do it, you just increase the ingredients. Church growth isn't like that. Church and the way you lead church needs to significantly change in style as you go through quantum leaps. It's not just a matter of putting out more chairs, starting more groups and turning up the PA system as church gets bigger, you operate in a completely different way. So let's think about that for a minute. Uh, Most of you have probably heard about Dunbar's number. Um, Slide, Tom. Uh, So um, uh, Dunbar talked about what's the number of relationships an individual can have until they cease to think like they know everyone well. And that number's about 150, according to Dunbar. But it really changes. It changes because of um, transience. If you're in a small country town where everyone grew up with each other, then because you know each other and you see each other in lots of different contexts, church can grow to 200 before you have that feeling that Dunbar talked about of not really knowing each other. Likewise, if people are really similar to each other and have had similar experiences, if you church plant and you want to reach second generation Korean university students in Australia, they all have such a similar experience, similar cultural background. They connect with each other so easily. They can grow to about 200. But if you're in a place where there's lots of transience, like a city context, if you're in a place where there's great diversity of people, you're going to hit Dunbar's 150 number. You're going to feel like you hit it well before 100. So if we go to the next slide, Tom, um, just think about it not so much as a number, as an effect. What are the things you want to look for uh, to think, okay, we're hitting this crucial barrier in how church works? What are the symptoms that you're approaching Dunbar's barrier? And the kind of things that are, is that people feel like they're not connected to each other. So as the pastor, they'll be saying things to you. Church here used to feel welcoming and warm, but now it doesn't. And you used to have lots of time for us when we were small, but you seem like you're busy with other people now. You know, what have I done to offend you? People's experience of it is that church feels more distant. As the leader, the way you do church doesn't work anymore. And so your leadership structures, your leadership meetings get longer and longer because you're dealing with uh, the same kinds of stuff, but there's just more of it. And unless you divest stuff off the 
the key leadership group, you, you'll burn your leaders, leaders out. People who are doing welcoming and other ministries, the way it used to work no longer works. And so you start to see burnout in your key lay leaders. But also recruitment works a certain way when you're small. You kind of know everyone, but when you don't know everyone well, you start to make miscues in who you put into roles. And so you find yourself having to appoint people and then unappoint them. You find you appoint people and you know, things really fall apart because you picked the wrong person and you don't have time to train them anymore. So all sorts of symptoms start to, to happen at that crucial kind of 150, maybe in Australian contexts, we should think about it more as a typically a 100 barrier. Again, culturally, Americans connect better in like large groups. Australians don't connect as well. And I think that, again, uh, lowers the kind of number where you'll start to hit the Dunbar effect. So next slide, Tom. Just want to think about what that means in a, in a uh, oh, sorry, let me just say, Dunbar's number isn't the only number to think about. There's a number of key crucial numbers in how human beings operate. Firstly, the number that's two to eight, that's the number that fits around a kitchen table or is in a car or is in a board, but before the board or the, the, the committee ceases to function well, where you're highly connected Everyone gets to speak. We all know our most important conversations in life, we've either had them around the kitchen table or in the family car. We know how that size group operates and it's a really important unit. Even as church gets bigger, you need to continue to have somewhere where people have that kind of experience at church. The other crucial number as, as, as groups grow is the classroom size. We've all been socialised for 12 years in what works in a classroom of about 25 and starts to break down when you get to 30. And we all know what the teacher can get away with and do and what they can't in the classroom, what won't work at the school assembly, but will work in the classroom. Then there's the, the, the Dunbar's grouping. I'm gonna say up to 120 in our context where the pastor knows the congregation. And then beyond that, something interesting happens at about 350. Up to 350, even if I don't know your name, I recognise your face when I see you in another context, or I recognise your face when I sit next to you and I know you're part of our school or you're part of our company or our organisation. I know your face, even if I don't know anything about you. But over 350, up to 350 that works, over 350, it's really about a shared identity. So I see you in the street and we've both got the same, we've both got the Sydney Swans jersey on. I say, hey, good on you. That's great. I've never met you before. But there's something that connects us. We have a shared mission or cause. So if your church is over 350, it's the shared mission that holds your church together. It's not community as a large group. You will need groups of two to eight. You will still need small groups. You may well need groups up to 25 and groups up to 120 in people's experience. But if you don't have a really clear vision that people want to turn up to church for, it doesn't matter what else you've got going for you after 350. Next slide, Tom. Um, yeah, so just to sort of put some uh, examples and some flesh on that if I can. Um, can we progress that, Tom? Yeah, there we go. If you think about how people join a church... Um, up to 25. If I've got a church of 25 and you join my church, we're meeting in a classroom somewhere, 
What would you expect that experience to be like? Well, you'd expect to meet the minister on the morning, right? You'd expect to have a conversation with me. You'd probably expect to meet everyone and everyone to come up and say, hello, really glad you're here. If in that group, that church of 25, you turned up for the first week and I kind of looked around in the group, making eye contact with no one in particular, and I said, hey, if there's anyone who's new here this morning, it's really great you're here. And if you'd like to make yourself known at the welcome desk at the end of church, we'd really love to help you connect with things. We instinctively know in a group of 25 that that's a really weird way to do things. A church of 25 should not have big church practice and start acting like they're a mega church. But as you grow bigger, you need to anticipate what's required and grow to the next step. Uh, likewise, Tom, can we have the next, uh, next slide? That's okay. Uh, likewise, when it comes to how decisions get made, in a group of up to 25, everyone gets consulted on a big decision. Once you get to 120, that starts to change, starts to change. Once you get to 350, lots of things are made uh, top down, but they need to be sold well and, and persuasion becomes more important than dem democracy. And the next one, Don Tom, is aesthetics are really important as church grows. No one comes to a church of 25 because the singing's great. They come because they're welcomed and they're known by the pastor. But as church changes, the aesthetics really need to change. You really need to get this one, I think, in, um, in thinking about how things work. So I want you to imagine that you're the pastor of a church of 25 and Billy, Billy had started turning up to church three weeks ago. He became a Christian one week ago and he's turned up a bit earlier than everyone else and he says to you, hey, I was so moved by the passage last week, I've written a song. It's only got two chords and the third verse I'm still working on, there's a lot of la, la, la. But I'd love to sing my song for the group. If you're the pastor of a church of 25, what are you going to say? Well, I hope you're saying, yes, I really want Billy to sing his song. But imagine you're the pastor of a church of 250. And you know Billy, he's actually in your small group. He's become a Christian last week. Just as church is about to start, you've done the sound check. You've uh, prayed together with the key people on stage. Billy comes up and says, I've written my song. It's two chords. There's a lot of la-la-la. Can I sing my song in church today? I hope as the pastor of a 250 church, you're saying, no, Billy, we can't do that, but I'd love you to sing it in our small group, group of two to eight. Now, the reason you're going to say yes and no to Billy is because in a church of 25, everybody knows Billy. And the reason it's great to get him to sing his song is not because the music's going to be high quality, the lyrics are going to be profound, they probably won't be, but because we all know Billy and we love the fact that his shoddy song is being sung because of what it says about his story. In the Church of 250, we don't know all know Billy. So I'm sitting there watching Billy sing his song on the stage and thinking, gee, I'm glad I didn't bring my non-Christian friend today. And actually, I'm not going to bring him next week because if the leaders let this guy on here this week, what are they going to do next week? I don't know Billy, so I have a completely different reaction. I even want to say, even if Billy gets a chance to to tell his story and give his testimony and then sing his song, 
I'm still not really excited about it because I know about Billy, but I don't know Billy. So I hope that makes the point. Aesthetics really matter as church is less about everyone knowing each other and more about other things happening. Well, if you want more information on Scaling Growth Barriers, you can head across to the webpage for our podcast here and see the show notes with a few links. And I encourage you as well, if you are in church plant or an established church and you're working out how to push through these growth barriers, contact the Reach Australia team. They'll be able to help you think through what it is you'll need in order to grow through these barriers in ways that are good for the people you're caring for in front of you and the people you're looking to reach. So reachaustralia.com.au for more information on that. Otherwise, join us for our next episode. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.